Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of So I'm Married a Horror Fan. I am one of your hosts Simon. I'm Lee. And uh, we are starting a brand new month, well I say we're starting a brand new month. Uh, this is our first official episode for our three calls month. We have already released three episodes in the month of February. Um, for those of you that have uh, checked them out, thank you very much. If not, for those of you that have yet to check out our newest episodes, we have released an episode of on Skinnamarink in this house. Uh, we did a 5x5 five five on our top five Desert Island horror movies. And we did an episode on Knock at the Cabin, which are all available now for you guys to listen to. Um, as I said, the... the uh, Theme of this month is three calls, so we are doing part threes of some of our favourite franchises, and um, yeah, we are kicking off today with episode one hundred and twelve, and we are looking at Army of Darkness, aka Evil Dead Three, Army of Darkness, aka Army of Darkness: The Medieval Dead, aka Captain Supermarket. That's what it's known as in Japan. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, so because of the S-Mart stuff, it's actually known in Japan as uh, Captain Supermarket. Of course it is. You imagine that, just walking into a fucking shop in Japan and seeing, like, a copy of Evil Dead 3 with, like, fucking Captain Supermarket. Well, I wouldn't say Captain Supermarket, would it? It would say whatever the Japanese writing is. Um, obviously, in the UK, it was known as Army of Darkness, the Medieval Dead, and then obviously everywhere else it's just known simply as Army of Darkness. So, you've actually, this is the the third Evil Dead movie you've watched now. You've now seen everything in the Raimi trilogy slash universe, except mm-hmm. for the TV show, right? Yeah. So, what, because you liked the first one. I did like, I loved the first one. I was really worried. So, for those of you that haven't heard it, we covered, way back in 2021, it was a different time, we covered uh, Evil Dead it was one of the first films we did when we moved into this house. It was. Um, and obviously, for those of you that are long-time listeners or anyone that knows me like as a human being, Evil Dead is my favourite horror movie. I have a giant Evil Dead poster on the wall over there. I've got two little Ash uh, figures down there. I do have a copy of Evil Dead on DVD that's inside a Necronomicon somewhere as well. You do. Um, and I thought that was going to be the one where you're like, nah, I'm good. You're like, don't, don't want this, don't like this. I thought of all the three of them, that would be the one where you would go, nah. And then you ended up really liking it, I which did. I was kind of happy about. And then, what, about three weeks ago, we yeah. watched the second one? Because I haven't seen the second one in fucking forever. Um, and you were like, well, if we're going to watch the third one, I may as well watch the second one. So we put the second one on, and you were kind of like half and half on the second one, weren't you? Because the second one's a bit weird, because it's called Evil Dead 2, or Evil Dead Dead by Dawn. But it's kind of like part remake, part sequel. Yeah. Like, this is the... Th- Army of Darkness is the third movie where Linda is the same person played by three different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second one, I I have issues. Of of the four that have been released, the second one is my least favourite. Mm. Um, and it's the one that I watch the least. Um, however, saying that, we got round to watching this. And I thought, genuinely, I thought of the three of them, this would be the one that you love. Yeah. Because, again, for long-time listeners, we've talked about many a time how much we love, like... Harryhausen films. Old Ray Harryhausen movies, like Clash of Titans, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, um, like Jason and the Argonauts, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, obviously, that's kind of basically what this movie is. This is Sam Raimi's version of those, like, types of movies. 
Um, and I'll be honest, I've not seen Army of Darkness in about 15 years. It's been a really long time because it's a weird thing with Evil Dead. Like, there's not many horror franchises where I like the first one and then don't really like any of the other ones. The cl- I had to really think about this because the closest comparison I can make is maybe Candyman because mm. I fucking love that original Candyman movie. But I think all the other Candyman movies, except for the Nia da Costa one, just straight up suck. I think the Nia da Costa one is interesting, but I don't think it's as good as it could have been. Um, and then I guess the next closest comparison would be Hellraiser. Where I like Hellraiser 1, I like Hellraiser 3, and then I can kind of take or leave 2 or 4. Um, but because I love The Evil Dead so much... It's weird that I love the first movie so much, but don't really care that much about two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was a bit kind of like, I don't know how this movie's going to hold up as an adult, having not seen it for 15 years. Um, but what was your... Well, should I do my bit first, babe, before you go off? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we have in this... Uh, do Oh, why have I got a little notification? Don't want that. Uh, written by Sam and Ivan Raimi. Yeah. Directed by Sam Raimi. Please hold everybody. <sighs> Baby, you let go. Sam Raimi, one of the only directors to get like four four movies of his covered on our podcast. Yes. Um, cast wise in this film, we have Bruce Campbell as Ash, obviously, and Beth Davitz. Embeth Davids. I, I pronounced that correctly. I'm pleased with that. As Sheila. Marcus Gilbert as Lord Arthur. Ian Abercrombie as Wise Man. Richard Grove as Duke Henry the Red. Uh, Bridget Fonda as Linda. And that's kind of it, to be honest. Ted Raimi's in it as the Cowardly Warrior. Um, Bill Mosley's in it. I only found that out because I watched Hail to the Deadites, the Evil Dead documentary on Shudder a couple of weeks ago, and he was at one of the cons talking about how he plays like a Deadite plays captain. Plays a Deadite captain, it's right there. Uh, Billy Bryan is in it as Pit Bitch. <laughs> nice. Literally is the character name. Um, not, none of the other characters are really all that important overall, I would say. Mm. We'll go with that, won't we? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, plot line wise for this film. A sardonic hardware store clerk <coughs> is accidentally transported to 1300 AD where he must retrieve the Necronomicon and battle an army of the dead so he can return home. Nice. This movie was made on a shoestring and a pack of crisps. Actually, uh, an 8 million. 11 million yeah. budget. And it grossed eleven million five hundred and five. Yeah, because they initially made the movie on eight million, but then they had to go back and do some reshoots, so they had to get an extra, they got an additional three million to do reshoots. Sure. Um, this movie is thirty years old this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, people will say people will always credit it as being a nineteen ninety two movie. It premiered at Sidious in ninety two, came out worldwide in ninety three, so it's technically a thirty year old film. Um, this version we watched, we watched the director's cut because I have just bought the 4K Blu-ray steelbook from Screen Factory, which has all four cuts of the movie on it. So it's got the director's cut, theatrical cut, international cut, and the TV cut. The director's cut, I think, is the only version I've ever seen because the original box set that I used to have, the DVD box set, had it on. Um, but I've never been able to get it since um, because it was available in like certain other places like Japan and there was like weird edits and stuff of it that have been floating around for years, but this is the first time... 
like somebody's actually gone and re-released it. So um, what was your expectation going into this one being like 50-50 with the franchise to this point? I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't call it 50-50. I really loved the first one. I properly enjoyed it. The second one... I enjoyed, but it did feel very much like a retread of the first one. It was still enjoyable, but I was like, I kind of knew what was going to happen because I'd seen the first one. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it. I just was like, oh, I mean, I've already seen this film, just with mm. different characters in it, I guess. Uh, so I was kind of excited going into this because I was like, I know this one gets a little bit silly. I was already aware of that, but I do like like stop motion characters and I love Ash. And I was a little bit like medieval deadite sounds like that could be quite fun and a little bit creepy and maybe a bit gory, some fun kills. And yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, I it did not live up to my hopes and expectations. Let's put it that way. Which makes me really sad because I'm pretty sure my pop, my um figure that I have is an Army of No, it's an Evil Dead Two figure, isn't it? She's yeah, not the Army yeah. of Darkness Ash. I've got the Army of Darkness Ash down there. I've got the Funko Pop of him. I yeah, also my, have um, my. I can't think what the brand is. Oh yeah, it's the uh, Kobayashi. No, that's Star Trek. I was thinking of the Kobayashi Maru. Um, <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. Kotobushi or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Kotobushi or something along those lines. So These I have fucking the, figures are cool as shit. The Ash, uh, the female Ash figure. I nearly bought a Jason one fairly recently, but I was like... It... They do a really sick uh, Tiffany and Chucky one that I really want, but fuck me, are they expensive. And the problem is you go on ones. eBay and they get a lot of like fakes yeah. or like knockoffs that are like just meh, it's not worth the money. No. But I also have the uh, 18-inch fully clothed window boxed NECA Ash Army of Darkness figure that came out about 20 years ago as well. Yeah, but no, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. But yeah, so because I loved the first one, I mean, I owned the figure before I even saw the film because I really fell in love with the figure. Mm-hmm. And I was just really lucky that I really liked Evil Dead. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, like, there is kind of Evil Dead shit all over our house. We do have a lot of Evil Dead shit around our house. Um, along with Hellraiser, we have quite a lot of Hellraiser <laughs> yeah. stuff lying around. I still want that giant um, Leather Daddy figure that we mm-hmm. keep seeing in the toy shop near our house. Yes. It's one day. It Mate, will be mine. Oh, do, you remember, yes. do you remember when we took that it trip to fucking Wervin and we saw the fucking Chatterabust? Yeah. Some fucking dude had a random Chatterabust in like his shop. It was like an antique shop. Yeah. In, uh... And I think it was from Hellbound. I think it was from the second Yeah, one. but it was, it was like we'd done a day's trip somewhere, hadn't we? We'd gone to Worthing. To Worthing, Worthing. yeah. It was random chat, like a uh, second-hand antique shop and there was a fucking chatter. They also had the Hellraiser figure in there as well. They had the Leather Daddy figure. Yeah, from I think I think it's from part three. Maybe. Because there's a really cool... Uh, they did a really cool Living Dead doll that you can get from part three, but you can't you can't buy it anymore. Sad times. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I was kind of very excited going into this, but I, I don't think I've been as wildly disappointed in a movie as I was in this. <laughs> See, I have to ask you... For a you, while. I have to ask you the question, because all the Sam Raimi movies that we've seen, which aren't admittedly a lot, I've seen more of his work than what you have, but you've now seen all three Evil Dead movies, Drag Me to Hell... And then you've seen, uh, you watched Multiverse of Madness. Obviously. And you've not, but you've not seen like Oz the Great and Powerful no. or like anything like that. So I have to ask, like with your kind of like limited knowledge of his film, because you've not seen like A Simple Plan or you've not seen 
the Quick and the Dead or Dark Man. Um, if this movie still had Bruce Campbell in it, mm-hmm. and it was like Bruce Campbell was a completely different character, there was no ties to the Evil Dead, and they just went out and made like a nineties Jason and the Argonauts style stop motion animation film, and everything else is the same, just the character was different. And there was no ties to the Evil Dead. Do you think this is a good movie? Is that the issue? Is it the issue that you think it's a shit Evil Dead film, or do you just think it's a shit film in general? Okay, so there's two things that really, really sit in this for me. Is I, aside from the fact that this movie, I don't feel like it feels like an Evil Dead movie. Mm-hmm. I don't like slapstick comedy. Yeah. Not a fan of it. I never have been. Maybe for a brief time when I was little, like I really loved Ace Ventura when I was younger but from the age of about 15 onwards I, I just don't like it makes me cringe so I feel like the answer would still be no because this movie is very slapsticky quite a lot yeah and it's just not interestingly enough like the theatrical version cuts a lot of that out so the theatrical version's 15 minutes shorter than this mm. and a lot of the stuff they cut out is like him fighting the mini ashes and like a lot of that sort of like that mini ash sequence, I think is cut down by like five minutes. It's not got the London Bridge bit in it. It's not got the bit where they stick the fork up his ass. It's not got like any of that stuff in it. So I feel like maybe the theatrical version should have been the way to go. Maybe because you because you maybe would have enjoyed it more because some of that stuff is really toned down. Um, but yeah, I I get what you mean. Like I think my issue with this movie, and I think this is the issue that I've always had with this movie. Because for a long time, I didn't know what this movie was. Mm. I remember the first time... Because I have a t-shirt with the original UK poster on it, which makes it look like a fucking He-Man movie. Yeah, because it's got him, like, flexing, hasn't it? Yeah, and he's, like, got the arm up, and then you see... And I... This was when I was a child. I didn't know what the the Army of Darkness or the Evil Dead was. And I remember seeing that videotape at, like, one of my mum's friends' houses and being like, what the fuck is this? Because I was into He-Man as a kid. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And my mum was like, no. And then, like, no, years no. like years later, after I got into The Evil Dead, when I was about 17, 18, I obviously figured like figured out that it was a sequel and, and all that stuff. And the first time I watched it, I was like, this is so... I think it's just like, I... Like, we always talk about... So, sorry, before I, like, get to my point, I have to go on a little bit of a tangent. We always talk about, like, how horror movies and franchises, like, jump the shark. Yeah. Like we talk about, like Freddy jumping the shark when he when he's doing like fucking Wizard of Oz impressions and like stuff and like Freddy's dead and like in Jason when he goes to fucking space and Jason when he's like X. body hopping and all that sort of shit. Yeah. And we talk about like they talk about like Chucky when he jumped the shark when like they had the fucking baby when they had Glenn slash Glenda and all that sort of stuff and it became more of a comedy. And we always talk about how these like horror franchises start off like really horrific and like really. Like, oh my god, like this is really groundbreaking, and then it becomes like a joke, a parody of itself. But I have never seen a complete 180 so quickly like I have with the Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. Because even from like one to two, and then two to three, like the leap in like the first movie, okay, some of the effects have aged poorly with the claymation, but the first movie is genuinely like quite scary still even now yeah. like it was a video nasty it was banned in a multitude of countries like the uk didn't get it until like three years after like everywhere else 
it was banned for a really long time. Like you could get arrested in this country for owning a copy of it. Oh really? Yeah, my parents watched it on a fucking third generation bootleg. Solid. Because you couldn't get it anywhere. Um, and then you you so you think about that and you think about all the pivotal scenes in that movie, like the scene with the tree, like all of the stabbings, the decapitations, the beheadings, like all of that stuff. And like that movie, there are there are there are some minor elements of comedy in it, but for the most part. It plays it really straight. Yeah. As Stephen King says, the most ferociously original horror film of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go to the second one, and the second one, like, all the blood is green. Like, he's fighting with his hand. He's getting mugged off by a possessed fucking deer head. He's doing all the one-liners. That's when he first is, like, groovy when he's got the chainsaw. And, like, the character of Ash from the first movie to the second movie seemed completely different. And then the second movie to the third movie... Like, I think the change in location and the fact that this one actually looks like it has a budget. And there are some shots of this that are actually really cool. Like, it feels epic in scope. Yeah. In se- Well, for the time it was made and what they were trying to do with it, it feels more epic than the other two. But I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, it feels so tonally disconnected to everything else. Like, all the blood is toned down. Like, all the violence is toned down. Like... This is Ash as as we know Ash in pop culture now. Like, he's saying one-liners. He's, like, trying to fuck women. He's, like, doing all this, like, stupid... And then he's doing all the slapstick stuff. And, like, genuinely, if nobody told me when I was a kid that this was an Evil Dead movie, I wouldn't have known. Because there is nothing outside of him and the Necronomicon that makes this an Evil Dead movie. And I think that's my issue with it. And I think for a really long time, I've kind of had to disassociate in my brain that it's part of the same franchise so I can just kind of enjoy it as its own film. Mm. Um, because there are things in this movie that are fun. And, and like, I will say one thing, and like this is probably going to be a controversial take. Bruce Campbell has never looked sexy. I know, he that's true. He's never... That is true. They really put money on making like, Bruce Campbell sexy. Like, in they are film. doing the hair. He is, like, oiled up. Like There's the, there's the scene where he's got, like, a flowing shirt open in a doorway. He never appears shirtless in this movie, though, which, he, like, he does on all the marketing. Uh, there's a sex scene in this. There is. A backlit fire sex yeah, scene. Yeah, he bangs Miss Honey in this. Yeah. Like... He's riding a horse. He's doing like he's fighting himself. No, like, don't. Um, you know, he he. There is some there is some like good stuff in this movie, but no, 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 no. Bruce Campbell is hot in this film. <laughs> that is the one thing that redeems this movie even slightly. Is Bruce Campbell looks damn fucking fine. Right. I I will let you talk for a little bit. So what? So let's start with what did you like about this movie outside the fact that Bruce Campbell is sexy? Very little. Okay. Like li- I like I'm struggling to find anything I actually enjoyed in this film. I quite like the stop motion, like the uh, claymation stop motion animation with the skeletons, just because it made me feel like a Harryhausen movie, and I was like, "This is cute." I, I like appreciate the. That. I like angry Dutton skeleton. No. <laughs> Like, this is the problem, is I'm like, why are the skeletons playing fucking bones as flutes and fucking 
banging on skulls as drums. Then there's the entire slapstick bit where the fucking hands come out of the ground and they're doing this. She would like trying to hit him in the eyes and like grabbing his face and like pulling his mouth and putting their fingers up their nose. Why? And then they fucking recreate Gulliver's Travels <laughs> with the mini ashes and the full size ash. And I'm like, what? The fuck? And then he grows a second version of himself. That's his evil Ash. Yeah. Fuck be- right off. Because the little one gets inside of it. I know. I'm so aware. he tries to he tries to burn, burn it, it out with hot water. That. I yeah. know. I saw, babe. I was watching the film, but it's still a pile of fucking bullshit. <laughs> Li- there is nothing. Like, this film does not feel like an Evil Dead movie, other than the fact that it's Ash, and I suppose they're still deadites. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel. There's no. In, there's like. Literally, what there's like four deadites in this film overall. Yeah, because there's the Sheila deadite, there's the evil Ash deadite, mm-hmm. deadite captain, there's the the pit bitch, I guess, the is a deadite, bitch, yeah. and then the winged one that takes okay, her so away. Five. But I don't know if the winged one isn't just the pit bitch. I feel like because they have similar be. faces. Maybe. And she has titties like the pit bitch does. I don't so maybe I don't know. fucking know. But Jesus Christ, on okay, just it's. It's so fucking stupid. I was really excited for this because I love that first movie. And I quite enjoyed the second one. Like, it gets a bit silly in places, but it's still mostly reasonable. Mm. And like, I literally just could not find anything that I was like, oh, this is quite enjoyable. Oh, this is quite fun. Would they say? I felt the, the final battle feels like they were trying to fucking do the Battle of Helm's Deep on a fucking shoestring budget. Some <laughs> art student went, I'm going to make some stop-motion skeletons and I'm going to recreate the Battle of Helm's Deep and it's going to be amazing. And everyone's like, oh my god, yeah, it's going to be great. And it looks like shit. That is what the end of this film feels like. <sighs> also, also, one of the things that I did want to mention in this, because I feel like it's one scene that nobody really talks about. And it's like, it's interesting in context of like everything else. So... 1, 2 and 2013 all have a scene where a woman gets sexually assaulted by a tree. Yes. And then becomes a dead eye. Yes. This one still has a sexual assault scene in it. But it's dead eye to person this time. Yeah, it's evil Ash Which to is Sheila. really fucking... Like, when you hear Sam Raimi now in interviews being like, yeah, man, like I shouldn't have done that tree stuff. It was like immature of me. I really regret it. And then he brings it back in fucking the 2013 one. But it's weird that, like, it's still happening. Like, we're three movies into it. I swear to God, if I go to see The Evil Dead Rise and somebody gets fucking sexually assaulted in that movie, I'm not going to be happy. There are other ways for people, women specifically, to get fucking possessed. None of the dudes in these movies get fucking sex... Like, fucking Scotty's not out there getting fucking raped by a tree. Is that fucking dumb... Tucker and Dale looking cunt from the second one's not getting raped by a tree. No. Like, none of the dudes in this one are getting sexual. I don't understand why they have to make a point in every one of these movies that a woman has to be sexually assaulted. I don't know. And that's how she becomes evil. What the fuck are we doing? I have no idea. And it's really uncomfortable. Like, all of the scenes are uncomfortable because it's an uncomfortable subject. But in this one, it's even weirder because it's the hero of the story who's possessed who still kind of has some of his traits in him, sexually assaulting a woman that he's already had consensual sex with, while a bunch of 
skeleton puppets are cheering in the background. It's such a fucking yeah, weird like, scene. This is the thing. It's in the first one. So that scene, the scene in the first one with the tree, it doesn't bother me too much. Because, like, I understand the context of it. Like, it was supposed to be shocking. Yeah. Like, fine. Hmm. Time it was made and, like, try to think of, like, something that people would be like, holy fucking shit. I get it. But then to do it again in the second one and then to do what they did in this one, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. I can accept the tree rape in the first movie. Mm. After the first movie, just, you don't need to do it again. Yeah. And, like, I'm really, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm concerned, but, like, this one, it's a, in the new one, it's a mother, she's got kids, the Necronomicon's in the high rise. Like, what are we going to do in this one? Like, and I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to be like, oh, hey, man, like, we've got to get this thing inside of her somehow. And it's going to be some other kind of, like, sexual assault situation. And I'm like, we don't need it. Like, We don't need you to be a sexual assault penguin, guys. Like, what the fuck? Like, it just doesn't need to happen. No. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to bring that scene up just because I thought that scene... And that scene plays really weirdly as well. Yeah, it does. Because, like... It's it's also like the way it's framed because she like resists him at the beginning and then she kind of just gives in and I'm like, what? Like yeah. what the fuck are we doing? Like it's and tonally because this movie, like you said, is kind of a comedy for the most part. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's an odd choice. And yeah, and then yeah, I just not a fan. Um, but yeah, so. You're saying there's nothing about this movie that you like? No, other than Bruce Campbell looking good, no. Oh man, those angry Dutton skeletons do good for nothing. Oh no. Did you not did you not think it was like you're probably gonna say no because you're probably gonna disagree with me. But did you not think it was cool that all the skeletons had their own little personality? <laughs> I actually yeah, a little bit. I did it was quite cool that they gave them all like little individual personalities. But this was not the time or place. Evil Dead is not the movie to give us fun little skeletons with little individualised personalities. Make a movie about a fucking skeleton army. Just make a movie about a skeleton army. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Why did it have to be the Evil Dead? The thing is, I don't even, like... I've seen a lot of interviews of Sam Raimi in my time, obviously, because I'm a fan. But I don't really understand. Like, he said in interviews that this movie was inspired by, like, Conan and, like, fucking... Ray Harryhausen movies and that's why they use a lot of the same filmmaking techniques that he does in this like a lot of the rear projection no I know and that sort of stuff which is cool um but I just I still because apparently this is what the second movie was going to be so apparently they had planned for the second movie but they couldn't get the funding so they had to make the second one in the interim and if you remember I don't know how much you were paying attention when I was watching it the second Necronomicon that he finds in the second film actually has the images of him falling from the sky. Yes. So it's it's prophesized that this is going to happen to him. Mm. Or this already happened years ago and then he's back in his time. So he's already... I don't know how the time thing works, but when he reads the Necronomicon, he's already... I would imagine that Evil Dead 2, from a, from a, from a time standpoint takes place after the first after army of darkness because how is he in the necronomicon because the he's prophesized because they say that at the beginning of the film when he's like wise man he's like it could be he could be the prophesied one he was prophesied to fall from the sky and defeat the deadites it's just a prophecy okay because i was like 
Because he was in the Necronomicon in medieval times, yeah. before any of it had happened. Yeah. Um, it's a prophecy. But yeah, so it's like, this movie, man. People fucking, like, I loved this movie when I was younger, but like, watching it now, I think the thing is, when you don't have the new Evil Dead movie. I mean, I Evil, haven't seen it. But so... like, you watch this and you're like, okay, this kind of makes sense but then when you realize where the franchise goes back to with like the 2013 one and and you've seen the trailer for rise assuming that we're going to get a quite a brutal film with mm. gary gary greater in the in the new one um it's interesting to see them pivot to that and then pivot back to what the franchise originally was yeah um but like the thing is with this movie i don't really know what the the goal was, or like the end game, was it a case of Sam Raimi was just like, shall we just pitch it and see what happens? I feel like that's like, like I feel like it's exactly what happens because this movie doesn't make any fucking sense in the canon of like Evil Dead. Yeah, and the thing is, like Sam Raimi is a smart guy. Like he is, a, he is, a, he's an incredibly smart and incredibly tuned in filmmaker. And he did make one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, Xena, Warrior Princess. Yeah, you know she's the ultimate evil. No. So, spoilers if you haven't seen it, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. It turns oh, out yeah. it turns out that Ruby, her character, is the one who actually created the Necronomicon and she's the source of the entire evil that's been oh. in the entire franchise. Or like at least the Raimi timeline anyway. Mm. Because like as Lee Cronin said, like Lee Cronin's Necronomicon and the Evil Dead Rise is different to Fede Alvarez's one, which is different to Sam Raimi's one. Mm. And and the way that Lee Cronin pitched it was like, well, in Army of Darkness, there's three Necronomicons. Like, we all just have one each, and they all do different things. Um, which is why, obviously, they all act slightly differently in this movie. There is, there, is a t- there is one funny joke. I know you don't really like the jokes in this movie. There is one funny joke in this movie, though, and it's when he's trying to recite the words... And he's like, it's an N word. It's an N word. And he just keeps saying, and like, you're just like, okay. And he's like, nickel. Like. A Hollywood well, word. Yeah. If this is the way he keeps going, it's an N word. Basically, when he recites it and he just goes, <laughs> yeah, he just kind of coughs. He coughs an N ish <laughs> sounding word in his hand. Yeah. It's my favourite. It's quite funny. Actually. And that bit's quite funny. But it shouldn't be funny. It's a fucking evil dead movie. Yeah, but the second one's funny. Yeah, but it's still mostly grounded. This movie has no grounding whatsoever. Yeah, like I think I think my main issue with this movie is like the disconnected nature of it. Like as much as I struggle to get on with the second one, um, because the second one is just a crap remake. I don't want to say crap because people are gonna pitchfork the shit out of me for saying that. But it is kind of just like a more light-hearted remake of the second of the first one. Yeah. Um this one is the one that I can't I just can't wrap my head around it. Like in the same way that I can't wrap my head around Jason and fucking Leprechaun and Pinhead going to space. Yeah. Like I'm like how do you get here? <laughs> like how do you get from like point A to point B? Mm. Like I understand all the comedy stuff in it because Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Ted Raimi, etc. are all like massive fans of the Three Stooges and they all grew up loving the Three Stooges and all that stuff. So inevitably, whenever they work together, like a little bit of that stuff comes into the to the kind of foreground of their work. And obviously they want to pay homage to like that sort of stuff. But I agree with you. There's a time and a place for that sort of stuff. 
Like, I think this movie takes a long time to get going. And I think after the first 45 minutes, after, like, the little Ash scene and the evil Ash stuff, I think the second half of this movie is really good. Like, Mm. I do really enjoy the second half of the movie. I kind of wish that the army at the end was more, like, deadites and skeletons. Because obviously you have Deadeye Ash, you have like the Deadeye Commander, you have another guy who's like there, like lurking around. And I wish that, whether it's due to budgetary constraints or not, I wish the movie did have more Deadites in it. And like that's one of my pet peeves about the re- like the the twenty thirteen one and the new one is that the characters don't look like Deadites. Like I love the way that the Deadites look in the original trilogy and Ash vs Evil Dead with the makeup. And even in public television for the dead that we watched, the mm. Creepshow episode, where they have that original Deadite makeup, I think it looks really fucking cool. And I would like to have seen more Deadites in this, but I just don't, like, I don't understand how you go from having, like, a low-budget movie that you made in the woods with your friends that went on to become one of the most infamous horror movies of all time to then, like... This movie came out in 93, The Evil Dead came out in 81. So you're talking 12 12 years years. later. Like, you are making a fucking Sword and Sandals movie for, like, Universal. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It does not make any sense Um, at all, maybe that's why. But, like, they've talked about it for years. Because they were originally, after the 2013 one came out, they were going to make a sequel to this. And then they were going to make a sequel to the 2013 one. And then a seventh movie that had, like, Ash and Mia teaming up. Which would have been really cool. And I think also as well, like this movie having two different endings creates like a continuity problem because the theatrical version has the S-Mart ending, which is exactly where Ash vs. Evil Dead picks up from. It picks Mm. up from him being like working at the S-Mart, whereas obviously the post-apocalyptic ending was the original ending, but then Universal went, no, it's too fucking like, it's going to bum everybody out. Like, let's change it. Um, but they originally wanted to to have an, a sequel that was both endings were canon. So two Bruce Campbells like split off. So they were going to have parallel storylines where one of them was in like the post-apocalyptic times fighting like future like fucking deadites. And then the other ending where he's like in the present day. But then they were like, it's going to be too convoluted. We're going to have to explain why there's two of them, how this happened, like how they diverged. Like how they. I mean, to be fair, this, this movie opens with a previously on Evil Dead. They could have just. I think done they all that. fucking do. <laughs> they like... could have just done that previously <laughs> in the Evil Dead. Yeah, I love the idea of like post-apocalyptic fucking Ash fighting like robot deadites. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, but like for you, ha. So what is it that what is it that you like about the original movie? Oh, the first two movies that you know. don't like about this I one. I just there's something about the, especially the first one. Like it's quite small scale, which I do like. I like single locations. Mm. And it's a little bit more like it is scary. Like it's not terrifying, but like the threat feels real. Mm. And, like, you are like, oh, shit, these people aren't, like, this is, like, you all could die. Like, I knew Ash didn't die because I knew there were sequels with him in it. Yeah. But, like, it does feel like it is, there's, like, nobody's safe. Yeah. You know, whereas, like, this one, there's not really any threat mm. in it, Yeah. to be honest. It's a very low-stakes film. Yeah. And I think it kind of, 
I think the problem with this movie is it's like a, with a lot of characters, like where you know what that ultimate fate was supposed to be in the first movie. And like Ash to me in the first movie is an accidental hero. hero. Yeah. He's like the victim of circumstances. He's he's a coward. He's like a blue collar guy who's a bit cowardly, doesn't want any confrontation and doesn't know what to do when he's faced with it. Yeah. Whereas in this one, he's like... And the thing is as well, is that plays over into the second one to a degree as well, because he's still not really like a a hero. He's a, an, un, an assuming hero in the second one of kind yeah. of like a... Well, I've done it once, so I can do it again. And he's got fucking PTSD. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, this one, he's just, like, full-on, like, I'm the hero this universe needs. And I'm like, no, you're not. He kind of is, like, the hero version of, like, Freddy. In a sense of, like, Freddy starts off really scary, and then he becomes this, like, wisecracking, like, fun-loving, like, anti-hero. And, like, Ash isn't an anti-hero. Like, there's nothing villainous about him. And, like, you see the elements of cowardice still in him in this one. Like, that scene where Sheila says to him, she's like, yeah, but we, we, we made love. I thought you would stay. And he's like, yeah, it's pillow talk. Like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm off. Like, see you later. Yeah. Um, she's like, it was real to me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going. Like, and that's the other thing as well. Like, he's so, like, I don't understand at what point they turned him into a womanizer. Because he's, like, with Linda in the first movie. He's with Linda in the second movie. And he seems like he's pretty committed to her. Like, he gives her that fucking magnifying glass necklace. And he's taken her away for trips. And then all of a sudden, the minute she's dead and his hand's been lobbed off, I mean, that's like 75% of his sex life gone there. He's like, oh, yeah, I just want to fuck everything that moves. And that carries over to the TV series as well. Like, and this is what I mean. Like, I don't know if the, the Ash from the first movie is supposed to be the Ash from the second and third movie, or if the first movie is a standalone film, the second movie is a remake, and then from the second movie onwards, he is, like, a completely different character. Like, I'm never really sure. Like, there is someone online who I refuse to name because they're a bit of a lunatic, who actually has that as a theory. They believe that the only Evil Dead movie that ever exists is that singular first one, and then everything else, like is completely different timelines and doesn't exist and it's not the same continuity. Mm. So I'm like, I'm never really sure. Like, It makes sense. So it doesn't really, like, it doesn't really play as if he's the same character consistently throughout the franchise. Um, and especially in this movie where he takes on that more heroic role. Yeah. Um, but it is, like, the one thing I do like about this movie, and I, I'm not really a huge, like fish out of water type of character kind of person like i hate the first two four movies because they're all like oh thor doesn't know what a cup of coffee is lol isn't this funny and i'm like they're like he doesn't know what the subway is and i'm like it's not fucking funny guys like it like thor comes from a technologically advanced fucking planet i like fish out of water movies i really do but they have to be well done yeah whereas that is one element of this story that i do like I do like the whole Ash feeling very much out of this time, but for once, he's actually the most intelligent person in the room, and he actually has to drop on everybody else. So I do kind of like that idea of him like, this is my boomstick, like, you're all idiots, like, if you follow my lead, like, we'll get through this. And, like, I do actually like him being 
kind of that character in this world. But like, I don't really feel like the characters react how they would to him. Like, you see that one scene where they're scared of his shotgun. But like, other than that, they don't really seem freaked out by the fact that he has a car and he's wearing modern clothes no. and he has a fucking chainsaw like but like i kind of like the meshing of like him being like this modern guy in like a world where he's like you know what yeah, under different circumstances i could probably thrive here like i could be like he says at the ending in the s mine and he's like I could have been the king. He's like, what doesn't make me, what makes me no sense to me at the end of this film though, is why the fuck he doesn't stay. I'm not being funny, outside of his job, what the fuck else he got going for him in the modern day? Yeah. What would you do? If stay. You, what, what, like, really? Yeah. If you, if, if that was you, like, if you could go back in time, like, if you could go back to any period in history... As you are now, as a human being you are now, with all the knowledge that you have of like the world that we live in now, and you could take all of that knowledge with you and travel back to any period in time and think that you'd thrive, where would you go? I'm a woman, so modern day. <laughs> it's about as good as I'm going to get currently, <laughs> to be honest, babe. I'd be fucked in any previous time period. I mean, you're not wrong. No. So. But, like, is there anywhere that you would want to go? Knowing knowing full well that you could come back, that you wouldn't have to stay there if you didn't want to. Like, let me put that caveat on. No, oh, so if I could come back... If I had a TARDIS, is this what we're yeah, saying? Yeah, so if, if it was like... If, if, it was like the, if it was like this movie, if you could go experience an adventure and then come back, Ooh. And not oversleep like that dickhead does. Like that dickhead does. Um, oh, I don't know. It's quite a few time periods I find quite interesting. But I do feel like most of the time periods I find quite interesting, I would probably die during. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't mind visiting Salem during the witch trials just to see what was actually going the fuck on. Like, I know there's books on it, but no one really actually knows. Oh, Mate, you would literally be fucking I would dead be within seconds. Mistake. You'd be, like, you'd be like, hey man, Wi-Fi. They're like, witch! Yeah. Dead. <laughs> or uh, a pirate, maybe. I wouldn't mind joining a, a pirate's crew. Yeah. Quite cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most, yeah, most historical times that I find fascinating, I would die during. Mm. So, maybe not. Uh, mm. Go back to when Shakespeare existed, but again, I'd probably die relatively quickly. I'm not the most healthy of person, and my lungs are already fucked. And, like, they had plagues and shit back then, yeah. regularly. And Jack the Ripper. And, I mean, I'd, I'd just avoid Whitechapel. I know that. <laughs> I don't need to go to Whitechapel. Mm. Uh, but to be fair, uh, the area that the globe was in during that time period was not a safe area, so I'd still be fucked. I found out recently that they dug it up. Like, it was buried, wasn't it? The globe? Or, like, no, the remnants of... burnt down. Oh, yeah, like... So the globe theatre that... So for anyone who doesn't know this, the globe theatre that exists today in London is not the original globe no. theatre. The original globe theatre was originally... It was maybe, like, a 12 to 10-minute mm. walk from where it is currently. That burnt down. It got rebuilt. And then when... Um, it, it got destroyed again. It's, mm. been, it's come down multiple times over the years, but they relocated it to the riverbank eventually and they rebuilt it from the ground up. So it's technically, it is the globe, but it's like the fourth or fifth iteration of the mm. globe. It's not the original. 
but if ever anyone's in London and they haven't been, the Go Theatre Tour is really fucking interesting. Nice. Because I've done it. I went with Nick. We had a really fun day. We went to the big art gallery that's on the bank. Mm. Doing that? Nope. Modern. It's a modern. Tate Modern. Yeah. There we go. Went towards the uh, Globe Theatre and out for dinner. I went to the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> nice. That's a I... standard day for me and my best friend. <laughs> I think I would stay in this country, but I would probably go back to the time of like. Mary Shelley and Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters because for anyone that doesn't really know a hell of a lot about me is I love Jane Austen I love the Bronte sisters and I love Mary Shelley and I think to go back in history and to be in the room where, happened. where they wrote those stories where but like you know what I mean though like you hear about the whole the whole party of like when Shelley and Percy and all that lot were in the room and they were trying to tell each other ghost stories, and that's when she came up with the idea for Frankenstein. I think, like, for me personally, I don't think I would want to experience a specific time period as much as I would want to experience specific moments in time. Mm. Like, I would love to be there when she had that presentation, and she was like, this is this is what I'm going to write. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few... I mean, to be fair, if I was... Because most of the things I just said were English-specific. If I was leaving the country... I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the American Independence uh, just to find out how much of a dick Hamilton actually was. I want to be there for him and Aaron Burr's rap battle. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> As we all know, the uh, the cabinet battles used to be literal rap battles. Literally lit. Or a feudal Japan, maybe. That would be quite cool. Mm. Um, As a few, like, around the world places I'd love to, like, have seen that happening weirdly i think i'd like to have been there for the launch of the titanic obviously we know that that story ends in tragedy but there was such opulence and such a sense of occasion around the launching of that ship because they were like it's the world's largest cruise liner or Mm. like you know it can get from point a to point b in x number of days i like the sense for all of the faults that the movie titanic does there's two really good things that the film does the opening when mm. you see the ship for the first time and you see it take off from Southampton and then the ending when the ship sinks are like the two best moments in that film because it kind of shows you yeah. like but yeah it's a, there, there is a few like historical moments that I would have loved to have mm. more witness to I mean maybe not loved would is the the answer but I would be interested to have actually seen it happen mm. like Rosa Parks <clears throat> yeah like that was like such a monumental moment in history and nobody knows what that's, that yeah. felt like like in that moment of like witnessing that happen but then and there's... knowing the ramifications <clears throat> of like what that moment did yeah uh or like being there for like one of the speeches of like Malcolm X or um the other one what is his name? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. It's because I watched fucking One Night in Miami the other day. I think also there's like moments that have existed in my lifetime that I was too young to like. Like, I would like to experience like the falling of the Berlin Wall, like as an adult. Because I was a kid when that happened. And like, there are moments in history, like, there are moments in history that I have lived through that I know are significant and I know that they are a significant part of, like, 
the world that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I was too young to understand what they were. So I'd like to kind of experience those through like adult yeah eyes. it is strange like looking back on time now like because obviously i've lived through some monumental moments mm. and i'm only like 30 but like it is weird when you think <clears> of <throat> history like i remember the towers falling yeah i was in class i would have i must have been what was it, it was 2001 wasn't it? yeah i was 16 when i was happened. yeah i'm going to that but i was in school and uh, I think it was during our hour. I was really quite young mm. and we used to keep the radio on uh, during our hour. And yeah, uh, we had we had the <clears> radio <throat> on. And yeah, my mum was homesick from work that day and she had fallen asleep on the sofa, left the TV on and woke up and thought she'd woken up halfway through a movie. Yeah, because like I being born in the 80s was obviously privy to a lot of stuff that happened in this country in the 80s. Mm. But then, like, I think about, like, all the stuff that's happened as I've grown up, like, the Gulf War, 9-11, like, like, Columbine happening, like, the war on Iraq, the capturing, like, the death of Saddam Hussein, the capturing death of, um, who's the, Bin Laden, the one that Zero um, Dark Thirties about, you know, all of these significant moments in history... And, like, we look back on history as adults now. Uh, the 9-9 bombings yeah. as well. Yeah, 7-7 bombings in London. We look now... I'm sorry, sorry, I don't know why I thought it was 9-9, it's 7-7. We it? look now and we think, oh, you know, to us growing up when we were kids, like, history was, like, World War One, World War Two, like, all of these really significant things that happened, like, 40 years before we were born. But now we are so old that, like... 9-11 happened 22 years ago. Columbine happened nearly 25 years ago. Like, we are at an age now where these significant things that shaped our childhoods are for a younger generation as long ago as things like World War One and Two were for us. Wow. Kind of almost. We're kind of almost in... Because you think, when I was born in 85, World War Two finished in, like, 46. It was only, like, 19 years before I was born. Or, like, 20 years before I was born. If you were born in 85 and then 40 years, 46, 40 years. Sorry, sorry, 40 years. So it, was like, it was like 40 years before I was born. Yeah. Well, I think they teach September 11th now in yeah, schools. Yeah, they do. Like, I think... Which I find insane, because I'm like this, like... It's good that they're learning about it, but also, like, I'm not old enough to have something taught about in history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's crazy to think that, like, there are kids that weren't born that are now 16 17 that are learning about that as an act of history so far removed from the event and like even now we're still feeling the ripple effects of things like that and like we're still feeling the ripple effects of like you know it's mental to think that coronavirus that, that this thing that dominated our lives for the last three years in 10 years time it'll be just a, a, it'll just be it'll just be a another in a history yeah class. it'll just be another thing that like is a wikipedia yeah. entry for like a generation of kids or it'll be just a question a quiz question you know in the same way that we say you know when you go to a pop quiz and someone goes name the six wives of henry VIII or uh name like the the, the two towers that were attacked in 9 11 or something like that in 10 years time it's going to be in 2020 a worldwide pandemic hit what was the name of the virus like it will just and it's a thing that affected like millions of people i really hope at some point in the future there will be a quiz question that will be like 
in the year 2022, the Queen celebrated, Queen Elizabeth II celebrated her Platinum Jubilee. What was it generally referred to as? That was a question on um, Big Fat Quiz of the Year. It was, but I really hope in like future generations, like platy jubes sticks around. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we've gone wildly off topic. Also, I want people to answer the question of what was the pandemic (laughs) called with Rona. Yeah. Got the Rona in it. So you can tell when Lee doesn't like a movie because these we episodes really far off wildly go off, off, off topic. I mean, you asked the question. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think we were going to be like going this far down the rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, so getting back to Army of Darkness. Yes. This movie is 30 years old. From a filmmaking and technical standpoint, how well do you think this film has held up? Mm-hmm. I thought the transfer we watched it was really fucking good. It still looks good. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Like, I think it still looks good. It's aged relatively well for what it is. Um, But I just don't think it's a good film. So, after this film... Yes. We got a lot of multimedia stuff. Um, There are several Army of Darkness comics. The Army of Darkness universe has crossed over with Reanimator. Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies. Hack Slash. Uh, like Dark Man, uh, Vampirella, and like other. Um, and Ash also appeared in the sequel to Freddy vs. Jason called Freddy vs. Jason Ash, which happened in comic book form. And Freddy vs. Ash, uh, Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, The Nightmare Warriors, which is a second comic book that happened as yes. well. Also, hashtag give Josh Rubin a Dark Man film. Uh, yes. Also. You know, this film has spawned like video games. There's a lot of Army of Darkness content in the Evil Dark. Well, that Evil is Dead fucking a shame, to be honest. Um, and it has it has a following. Like it is, it is weirdly popular. People love this movie. Yeah, I know. Like I, my opinion has changed on it as an adult, but I think it's hard now to view it in a vacuum. Um, oh. So far removed from what the franchise was. And like when you, because I haven't really watched the TV series. The TV series is the only Evil Dead content that I've not really gone down the rabbit hole of. I keep trying to watch it, but I keep kind of like not stopping and starting, stopping and starting. Yeah. We we will probably sit and watch it at some point. Mm, now maybe it depends on how many times I rewatch fucking Vox Machina at this point. I know you have conflicted feelings on. 2013, uh-huh. Fede Alvarez's film. Uh-huh. And I know you have conflicted feelings on wanting to see Evil Dead Rise. I mean, they're not conflicted. So, Both of them are a hard no. I'm not going to ask if you are going to watch them or if it's made you want to watch them because I know that the answer is probably it's a hard no. no. But then there's a bunch of films that you said you never watched before and you have watched. So maybe one day. Maybe but one day, but my, nobody hold your breath. My question for you is, after this movie came out and obviously seemingly put pay to the Evil Dead on screen in the Sam Raimi iteration... Do you think it was a wise decision for them to start making standalone Evil Dead movies with different filmmakers, different characters, and bringing that dark, gritty, gruesome nature back? Or do you think that it's too much? Yes. So is that a yes, you think it's gone too far, or yes, you think the decision was wise to kind of take the franchise back? I think the decision was wise because this franchise went so far off the fucking rails. And, yeah, I don't like where it ended up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll never watch them. I have zero interest in seeing them. Like, it's a hard nope from me. But I'm glad that they 
clawed it back, I guess. <laughs> Would you still consider yourself an Evil Dead fan outside of the fact that you don't like everything in the franchise? Yeah, because I still love that first movie. I think that first movie is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But like, I just think you all need to get your shit together. I think that's the same for me as well. Like, I will die for that first movie. Like, I am ride or die for the first Evil Dead movie. Like, I think it's my favourite horror movie of all time. I think it still holds up to this day. I think it's one of the most effective horror movies ever made for a multitude of different reasons. And I just don't understand how we ended up... Where we are. Where we are. And, like, it's always a contentious thing with Evil Dead fans because a lot of Evil Dead fans... I watched the documentary Hell to the Deadites recently and there are a lot of people that, like, this is everything. Like, a lot of a lot of fandoms, this is their life. Like, they have, like, multiple versions of things. There's people that have, like, props in their house and stuff like that. And, you know, they love all three movies. They love the characters. They love everything. But I've always kind of, like... And you know what? More power to you guys. Like, I wish I had the money and space in my house to do that because the amount of shit that I would have in this house for Friday the 13th and Evil Dead would be unreal. But, alas. I think it's one of those weird things of, like, where it's, like, if you like a franchise that has, like, ten movies in it or something like that and you say, oh, I only like the first one, people are like, oh, well, you're not really a real fan. And it's like, but you can like, like, you can like the Evil Dead just that single movie and call yourself an Evil Dead fan. It's the same as when... You can like whatever the fuck you want, guys. It's it's like when people go, oh, man, like, I love David Bowie, but you're like, yeah, but you don't like all of his albums. Yeah, David Bowie had, like, 40 albums. I maybe like 15 of them. Doesn't make me any less of a fan. Yeah, I fucking adore David Bowie, but I kind of went off him after um, his newer stuff. I'm not a big fan of the, like, newer... I think maybe, like, Young Americans. I really like Outside. I think Outside's a really good record. Uh, um, what's it? it was a really good film though uh film album the last one black star yeah um i don't i don't think there's a limitation on like i find it so weird with people like i ha- i have this co- i see this conversation so much online when people are like if you don't like everything you're not a true fan and i'm like okay like is I- that is that a hard and fast rule there guys yeah like, <laughs> like i if i was ranking the evil dead movies cuz i did this ranking online the other day and our friend sam hi sam uh, called me a fucking lunatic because I I rank it I I rate rank the first one, the original, the twenty thirteen one, then um, Public TV of the Dead, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead Two. That's how I rank them. Huh? My change my ranking may have changed now. Army of Darkness after having rewatched two and three recently, I think Army of Darkness may be my least favorite, and I think. I think Army of Darkness is a really good film. Like, the slapstick stuff doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. I think there's too much of it in this movie. And I also think that, like, it is a bit inappropriate when it's meshed with some of the other material in this film. Yep. But it doesn't it doesn't really take me out of the film. And I think if this movie was just a movie called Army of Darkness and Bruce Campbell was playing handsome steve and they were fighting just a generic skeleton army like but everything else is the same this movie is fucking great if you look at it through that prism it's only when you look at it as part of the evil dead franchise you have to reconcile that yeah this is not a good evil dead movie no, at it all is not. <laughs> and like 
I know people that love this movie. This is like some people's favourite Evil Dead movie. And if it is your favourite Evil Dead movie, more power to you. That's the subjective nature of films. People get different things out of different films. Like, I know people that, like, the 2013 one is their favourite one. Evil Dead 2 is their favourite one. Like, people like what they like, but I am always fascinated by this movie of how it exists singularly on its own and how it exists within the franchise that it came from. And to me, that's the, the, the real sticking point of, like... And, like, you know, there's four versions of this movie, but they're not massively different from each other. The international version and the TV version are ever so slightly different. Like, the TV version's got some of the language cut out. The word assholes is changed to eggheads, and the word she-bitch is changed to she-witch, and stuff like that. Uh, majority, like, they run basically the same. Like, the TV, the theatrical and TV versions have, like, nine minutes cut out, or ten minutes, whereas the other one has 15 minutes cut out. I'm glad we watched the director's cut, because it is the definitive version of it, I think. And regardless of whether you like some of the stuff in it or not, I always believe in watching the most complete versions of films to get the most complete experience. Yeah. Um, you're just like, man, we could have watched an 80 minute version of this, like an hour and 20 minutes in and out. That would have been so much. so much happier. Um, so let's let's wrap this up because I, I have a feeling that like this is not one that you've enjoyed talking about. Um, what are your final thoughts on the Army of Darkness? I think it is a terrible idea for a movie in general. Um, I think it is a massive letdown to the Evil Dead franchise. Um, although I will give that Bruce Campbell looks fucking fine in this film. <clears throat> uh, I think that's the only nice thing I have to say about it, to be honest. Can I ask you a question before we wrap this up? Yes. Now... Imagine the premise was exactly the same. Imagine somebody comes to you and says, Army of Darkness, the medieval dead, this is the story. You've told me what you hate about it. You've told me what you like about it. What could they have done differently in this film with the same premise that would have made you like it, other than taking out the slapstick stuff? I think just making it darker and a little bit more like the first movie. Like, I'm not saying take out all of the comedy because it was the it was the direction the franchise was going in. But the thing is, is they sacrificed all of the horror to just make a slapstick movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if you make this slightly scarier, like add in more of the dark elements and like less of the slapstick bullshit, this could have been a really good film. Like, feasibly could have been a really good film. If you add more of, like, more dead eyes, more actual threat into the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't send Ash off on his own. Send him with other people who we get time to, like, start liking for them to be hunted out by the dead eyes. Fucking great. Absolutely fantastic. I would have been so into it. And the thing is, I feel like budget's not even an excuse because if they'd have cut down on the amount of stop-motion animation they use with the Skeleton Army, they could have easily afforded to have way more deadites in this movie. Yeah. And have additional characters travelling with Ash to fulfil the quest. That would have been a better film. Like, if their deadites were hunting them while they were trying to complete the quest. And, like, it was literally, like, they were in constant peril... Because the Deadites could literally pop up from anywhere on the trek to go to the graveyard and then getting the Necronomicon back to the keep. Yeah. It could have been a much better film. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. The movie does suffer from a lack of deadites, and like the skeleton. I think it, it suffers from a lack of scares in general. Mm. I think the skeleton army is cool, but the skeleton army aren't particularly threatening. No. Like, um, I do. I, I must admit, like the I know you, don't, but I like the angry duty guy. I like yeah. the guy with flu, and I like the guy with bone drum. If it was any other film, I'd have probably really <laughs> liked that, but it just does not work for me in an Evil Dead movie. If um, that was in a Harryhausen movie, I'd have been like, hey, yeah. Like, I think I think what this movie is struggling with is like a big bad, like. Yeah. I get that we get like evil ash. But evil ash isn't anywhere near threatening enough. But if if we had something like and I will keep making the Harry Housen comparisons, like the you know, the giant scorpion in the Harry Housen movie or like the Hydra mm. or like the Kraken. If there was like a giant winged deadite at the end of this or something. But no, because it'd have just it'd have just <coughs> fed into the absolute fucking stupidity of this movie. Harry Housen gets away with it in Harry Housen films because they are dumb. Hmm. Like, they're retellings of Greek myths. Greek myths are never very fucking serious. Literally every Greek myth starts with, so Zeus put his dick in something he wasn't supposed to. Like, that is how every Greek myth starts. And if it's not fucking Zeus, it's another god putting their dick where their dick does not need to be. So I can't, I can't take anything Greek. I've really fucked you up there, haven't I? Are you okay? I had a mouthful of monster. And I nearly just sprayed everywhere. But do you know what I mean? So Harryhausen gets away with it because all of Greek myths are a little bit stupid. So having a fucking Hydra. Mm. Call XIXI. No, it's called called IXIXI, isn't it? Mm No, IXII. 911. Yeah. Um, It... It makes sense because Greek myths are stupid, but this movie is supposed to be an Evil Dead film. Yeah. Like, and it shouldn't be a giant monster beast at the end of it. It should have been an army of deadites. Mm-hmm. And, like, Evil Ash should have been, like, categorically fucking scary. Yeah. And evil. He is face- he is, he's a dick, but, like, he's not, like, I'm not saying, going, oh my god, like, Fuck, Evil Ash is terrifying. I'm like, oh, he looks like a dickhead. I, lo- I love the fact that his face looks like burnt ramen. <laughs> Evil Ash is the kind of guy on a like, night out who's like, oh, I bet I can put something in a girl's drink. Yeah. Not evil, but a dick. I mean... Different. I mean, I would argue that doing that... <coughs> yeah, but there's a difference between somebody being evil and someone just being an outright fucking douchebag. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Evil Ash is a douchebag. He is the the dude on a night out against, you know, someone like fucking the son of Sam. Mm -hmm. Evil douchebag needs a punch in the face and his dick chopped off. Different things. Which ending do you prefer? (sighs) The apocalyptic one. Really? Yeah, because it was just fucking stupid. <laughs> I like I like the S Mart one when he's like surfing on the fucking thing and he's like Why does he throw his gun there? It's completely unnecessary. He could have jumped onto the fucking thing holding his gun still. No need to put that in the air. Also Hail to the King Hail baby. to the King baby. No. I mean I'd I'd be up for Bruce Campbell in this movie doing that, but no. Your sexiness does not let you get away with doing something like that, <laughs> Bruce Campbell, okay? Groovy. Groovy. Um, 
Also, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I was this horny for Bruce Campbell when we did the first movie. I think I'm a hornier for Bruce Campbell the longer this the longer we've gone watching. Bruce this Campbell franchise. has also aged into quite a handsome man. He is still very handsome. But I need him to be a grown-up now, and he's still a child, Mate. so I'm a little bit less like, oh yeah, Bruce Campbell, I'm more like, do you know how to clean up after yourself? You know he nearly played Mysterio in Spider-Man? No. So when Sam Raimi was going to make Spider-Man 4 originally, he was going to play Mysterio, and John Malkovich was going to play Vulture, <laughs> and allegedly the character, because you know he's in all three Sam Raimi Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies, he plays different characters... Allegedly, that was meant to be the same character through all three movies, like foreshadowing. Yeah, Yeah. because he plays the ring announcer in the first movie when he Mm -hmm. fights Macho Man. Then he plays the maitre d in the second one that that won't, or the usher that won't let him into the play to see uh, MJ. Mm -hmm. And then he plays the the waiter in the third one where he's like trying to propose. And each time he's like fucking Spider Man's life up. And they're like, ultimately, the reveal was going to be that he was going to be Quentin Beck. And then he ended up in the fucking MCU as Pizza Popper Man who just punches himself in the face. Honestly. Which is... And he's at the head credit scene just fucking punching himself in the face. Um, but yeah, like... I sat through the credits for that scene as well. I was fucking fuming. Like, I agree with you. This movie... There is a darker version of this movie out there. Um, and I do find this movie very jarring in comparison to the other Evil Dead movies. I completely agree with everything you said. Like, this could have been way darker way more deadites way gorier i personally like the smart ending um it's the canon ending i do like the curio of the because to be fair ash is a fucking idiot and like to be fair that is something he would do he would get distracted and drink too much potion and end up like in some fucking planet of the ape style bullshit also i think the smart ending annoys me to a degree as well because it's really badly dubbed over what is said yeah Drink this potion and say these words. That's not what you said. You said take a drop of this potion for every fucking century. Six drops. Yeah, I think there's no magic words, you little twats. I think I think I think that bit there is dubbed from earlier. I think you know when he says to him about you have to find the the Nomicon and say the words. You have to say Klaatu, Dick Bag, Nikes or whatever it is he fucking says. Um and then he's like, I think that bit's dubbed from earlier in the movie when he tells him. Give me the power, I beg of you. See, there's a franchise that got stupid the longer it went on. But then he got serious again. But I don't hate how stupid that franchise gets because yeah. it's already fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is a serial killer and a doll. Ash versus Chucky, though, who wins? Part of me wants to say Ash, but I also realise that Ash is dumb as shit, so probably Chucky. But he would put Chucky in the Victorian baby eating machine. <laughs> just eat, <laughs> eat him. No, because Ash would be smart enough to do that. Ash is dumb. There's one thing we know about me as a human. I like my white men mediocre and stupid. Hello. <laughs> I said this to Nick the other day because we were talking about um Bearing in mind, we're on, a, we're on an episode. I know, we were, to, we were talking about Vax from uh, Vox Machina, and I was like, I love him, because he's stupid and mediocre. Mm-hmm. And we were like, it is our bread and butter, it's just mediocre, dumb white men. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, Chucky would win. I yes. have to I have to now ask you the ultimate question of this episode. Oh. Rating out of five. Oh, I thought it was something else. I was like, have you got another question for me? <sighs> I don't. I, part of me is just like 
minus one. And I can't do that. Point five. Mate, Bruce Campbell's hair gets a one at least. Zero point five. No, come on. No, zero point five. It's not that bad. It, I hated this film. Dude. <sighs> you could at least give it a one. I don't want to give it a one. I want to give it a zero point five. Don't try and change. Don't try and change my score. Uh, no, I would. I'll give it a one. I, I will give it a one. Just to make everyone happy. Because it's the loneliest number. Because it is the loneliest number. No, I think I, I, there's not even parts of this that make me think it deserves a one. To be honest, like I quite like the stop motion, mm-hmm. but I've got a weakness for that style of like filmmaking anyway. Because yeah. I grew up watching Harryhausen's. Um, and I, I really like Bruce Campbell. Who doesn't? For all of my sins. Who doesn't? He's a really legend. really like Bruce Campbell. So I will give it a one. Plus we get um, Thingy in it as well. The other Raimi. Ted. Ted pops up. And I do like Ted Raimi. Ted's great. Everyone Ted's always nice. forgets that. Everyone always forgets my man's in fucking Candyman. He is. He gets fucked up at the beginning of Candyman. He is. Ted's a babe. Ted pops up in quite a few things I really like. I was going to say, so isn't Ted like a major character in Xena? He is. He plays the Dumbart character. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I can't remember who Bruce Campbell plays. I think he plays one of the gods. Yeah, because he, he, he's different characters in Xena and Hercules, isn't he? Yeah, I think he plays one of the gods, and I can't remember who he plays. Because, yeah, Ted pops up as he's, like, the third member of their little party, and he's, like, the bard character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can I can never remember. So my final thoughts on The Army of Darkness are this film, from a standpoint of my enjoyment of it, has not aged well over the last 30 years. However, I will concede that I do think that it is a good movie. It's a well-made movie, but I just don't think that it's a very good Evil Dead film. Um, I think looking at it now from its 30th anniversary, the only version of it I have ever seen is the director's cut because I watched the director's cut in my original DVD box set and the, the steel book that I got that came a few days ago, I've only watched the director's cut from that. So I would be interested to see how different the other cuts are and how more linear they are and whether it actually adds or detracts from the film. Because I think maybe watching the theatrical cut with a lot of the comedy cut out, maybe you would enjoy it more. I don't know how much more, but it might be a bit more enjoyable for you. Yeah. I think for me, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, again, like you said, I love I love the battle at the end for what it is. I love all the stop motion skeletons. I wish there were more Deadites in this. As a standalone film, completely separate, disassociating myself from the Evil Dead franchise, I think it stands up. I think it's a very well-made film. It proves that Sam Raimi's a fucking great filmmaker. And Bruce Campbell should have been a megastar. Like, I don't know how this dude ended up just being a B-movie actor. Like, he should have been the most famous dude in the fucking world. He should have been competing for fucking roles of like people like Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how the world failed Bruce Campbell so miserably. But to correct our earlier thing, he plays the same character in Xenon. Oh, does he? He plays okay. Autoclus, who's okay. the king of thieves. So, yeah, I don't understand how the, wo- how the world didn't allow Bruce Campbell to become a fucking megastar. No. It's a travesty because the guy is so fucking charismatic. And so, like, if there's one thing about this movie that is this movie saving grace, it is him. It is the fact that he is an absolute fucking legend. He knows exactly what type of movie he is in. And he's so comfortable playing this character now that he just, like, just 
the minute he pops up on screen, he just goes, and he's just so fucking entertaining. And he basically carries this movie and all of the ridiculous shit he that does. he's got to do in it. Anyway, that's our thoughts on Army of Darkness. How do you guys feel about Army of Darkness? How do you feel about it as an Evil Dead movie, as a standalone movie? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? I suspect it's going to be the latter for a lot of people, but there you go. Um, are you happy with the direction that the Evil Dead franchise went in? Are you happy with the direction that it's going in? Please come to social media and let us know the answer to all of those questions. S-I-M-A-H-F-Pod on Twitter. So I'm Married Horrorfan, all lowercase, all one word on Instagram and Tumblr. As I said at the top of this episode, we have now got episodes live for Skinamarink and The Knock at the Cabin as well. The Knock at the Cabin episode is completely spoiler-free. Um, it's the only new release film that I think that we've done an episode for where I've kept it spoiler-free. I love how you keep saying we like I want to yeah. hear of those episodes. But like, just because... After M. Night was on Graham Norton, he's like, he's like, I don't want people to... I was like, all right, all right, dog. I won't yeah. spoil your movie. We got you. Um, Cast Rob Beckett in something, you coward. So those are our thoughts. Um, thank you once again, everyone. It was Rob Beckett, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, for all of our new followers, new listeners, uh, all of our long-time listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. What are we covering next week? I don't know. Eight more days till Halloween, Halloween. What are we covering? Uh, season of the Witch. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. We will not refer to it as Halloween 3. I want it just to refer to it as Season of the Witch. Must it, be the season, season of, of the witch. witch. So yeah, we'll be back next week for Happy a look at Halloween, Halloween 3, Halloween, Season of the Witch. Halloween, That'll be next Monday's episode. Sorry. That'll be next Monday's episode. And then we'll be back next Friday, the 17th, as well, with our Crossing the Stream for this month. Where we'll, we'll be, be looking at sad. Where we'll be looking at a completely different film to every other film this month. We'll be looking at... David Bruckner's The Night House. I feel like we should have put this in literally any other month. Yeah. So, <laughs> as always, guys, stay spooky, stay safe, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.